unlocking what was cool. Hosted by Mike Lane and Neil Gilbert. Mike, Boxing Day is over, which means we can expect Boxing Day sales for no less than three months. That's right. Yeah, I mean, there's Black Friday sales. There's Boxing Day sales. Everything's on sale now, Neil. We're live. We're live. Oh, well, Mike, thank you so much for joining me today, for staying out of Best Buy for five seconds to come and record a show with me. Uh, We already have our PlayStation 5, so I don't really know what we'd be looking for at this point. Switch 2 is not out yet, Um, but uh, we'll probably be back in a Best Buy unboxing week at some point in the future. But that does bring me to what I need to talk to you about today, Mike, and that is we are only a few days away from 2024, which feels like a year that I never thought I'd have to say out loud. But I need to ask you, what are some of your most anticipated games of next year? Right, you're gonna jump right into it, Neil. I like it. Uh, yeah, let's. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about some games for 2024. Of course, uh, we are only days away from 2024, and if you're listening to this episode in the future, you can laugh at us for saying <laughs> what, what our anticipated games are. You can be like, "Yeah, GTA 6 sucked." Uh, jokes. <laughs> can you imagine? Of course, we we did get the GTA 6 announcement that it will come out. Who knows if it actually will end up coming out in 2024? So, I mean, I, I, I'm excited about that to exist at some point, I guess. Uh, play it on other people's consoles. Maybe I'll buy it. Probably not. Uh, it's uh, it's definitely a big time sink for me. Mm. I do like GTA, but uh, what I'm really looking forward to is probably Thousand Year Door remake. Most of all, is maybe my number one because I mean I've wanted to play that game on uh, on something other than a GameCube, if you can believe it, for a long time. So it's going to be really cool to be able to play it with a GameCube controller. That's right on uh, on the Switch and maybe even the Switch Two. Who knows what's going to happen with that. Um, there's a couple other good ones that I'm I'm pretty stoked for. Uh, Star Wars Outlaws is a pretty cool one that I I've seen. Uh, I guess uh, I guess footage of not footage but CG they, they, trailers that they CG have CG trailers and, yeah. or was it also the Eclipse one too? There's um that's another game I think that's coming out. Yeah. Star Wars Eclipse. I think that's a bit further out. That's Eclipse is the one made by the um, Heavy Rain guys, right? That one's a bit farther out. Uh, Outlaws I think is the one that's a bit more uh, incoming, and that's the Ubisoft yes. one. Yes, that's right. And th- there's a bunch of these games that like I don't know if they're actually 2024 right. or not. Yeah, they're I, and I'm sure they don't know <laughs> if they're 2024 <laughs> or not either. Probably not. Uh, I mean, maybe my most anticipated game that does not have a release date or window or trailer is uh, <laughs> is the uh, uh, the new James Bond game by uh, IO Interactive. Yeah. That's probably my number one. I would say in terms of just like I want to play that so badly because I do like the Hitman series and. The fact that they are basically uh, taking what they did in Hitman and put it putting it towards James Bond is really, really exciting. So I'm excited to see that eventually come out. Probably won't be 2024. The Princess Peach game also looks pretty cool. I may pick that up in 2024. That's a, that's a, a top tier one, I think, as well. Uh, I know, uh, well, I'm not going to spoil the ones that you like. I was going to start going into those. But yeah, that's, that's I think, Paper Mario is probably my absolute number one that is definitely coming out in 2024 it's funny because when i when i put my most anticipated games together i didn't think of any nintendo games i completely forgot that thousand year door is coming out like that you just completely brought that back into my memory um yeah I, now that's your number one yeah now it's my number one no no of course not mike it's uh skate what's what's the one what's like this random game i'm looking at the list here skate story gotta be skate story um no uh my most anticipated game of 2024 though uh 
uh, you're right. There are a lot of games that are announced, and at the time of recording this, we haven't seen what's been announced at the Game Awards yet. I'm assuming that there's going to be a few things there, maybe some more trailers, which would be great. But my most anticipated game at this time, and I think that this game will come out next year, uh, is Little Nightmares 3. Um, I love those games. Little Nightmares 1 and 2 are some of my most uh, favorite PlayStation 4 games. I love how creepy they are and weird. It's uh, like a Tim Burton kind of video game. You've played both of those games, right? I lent them to you or something? Yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've I've only played two actually okay. i never played one uh, oh. i played two i mean okay. i didn't really need to it's the same pretty much basic <laughs> stuff but it was really cool i like it. it's yeah. it's actually a harder game than i thought it was going to be that yeah. was maybe the biggest takeaway and the art style is beautiful the music's beautiful it's a it's a really cool game i'd highly recommend it to anyone out there yeah 2.5d kind of in the same vein of like limbo and inside a lot like yep. those kind of games the puzzle platformer uh, you have no weapons or anything. Um, it's been a while since Little Nightmares 2 came out. And uh, I remember seeing Little Nightmares 1 in a... I think it was in one of those uh, indie, Switch indie presentations or something. I forget where I saw it, but I was instantly hooked on it. And I think it came out around the same time that Mario Kart 8 Deluxe came out on uh, on Switch. And I got both of those games like on the same day. Like I think they came in the same Amazon package. And ever since then, uh, I've been a huge... Am- um, I was going to say a huge Amazon fan. I've been a huge <laughs> Little Nightmares fan. I'm a big Amazon fan too, but a huge Little Nightmares fan. Um, so that's that's a big one for me. I had, I didn't, I wasn't even thinking about the James Bond. I really hope that we get James Bond next year. That would be, that'd be sick. I've been playing uh, Hot Wheels 2 recently, and I just unlocked the Aston Martin car. And I think I told you I feel like I'm playing Nightfire. Yeah, <laughs> uh, driving around the silver Aston Martin. It's like, man, I just want to fire off some smoke screens here. Um, but alas, I cannot. Um, yeah, all the Star Wars games I'm hoping are going to be great. Star Wars Outlaws is on my list. I still need to play um, Jedi Knight, uh, Jedi Survivor. Mm-hmm. Uh, I need to play that one still on my uh, PlayStation 5. Uh, you have that game, so I think I can borrow that one off yes, you. you can. Hopefully. Thank you. Thank you so much. Save you, save you $100. Right? Yeah, jeez. <laughs> oh, God. Got to take a second mortgage out to uh, to play video games now. <laughs> um, yeah, I love Star Wars games, man. Like, And there was a little bit of a lull there with EA with their uh, attempts at Battlefront games. But with the, the Jedi Knight games, I love the first one, so I'm excited to play the second one and see what some mm-hmm. other developers can do with it now that EA no longer has the license. We're seeing Ubisoft come out with one and the Heavy Rain guys make one. Um, I would love to see, going back to Hot Wheels, I'd love to see those guys make a pot racing game. I think that they could do oh a terrific job. Ju- Dude, as I was just I just want them to make pod racing. I think they would do such a good job. Um, but other than that, the games that you mentioned there, Thousand Year Door and Princess Peach, I'm hoping are going to be fantastic. And I'm just overall really excited to start hearing rumors and the overall announcement of whatever Nintendo is working on for their next console. I think we're... I don't know if we're going to get the console in 2024. We probably will. Uh, Switch sales are softening, but still selling very well in North yes. America and Japan, at least. Um, so it, it's, it doesn't... Nintendo's in no big panic to put their new console out yet other than the fact that it's severely underpowered compared to what Sony and Microsoft are doing um, but I hope mm-hmm. that we start to hear some rumors it, it just brings me back to uh, summer of 2016 I guess it was when we started to hear the NX which was eventually the Switch I'm excited to do all of that again because that, that's a really yeah. fun time especially as a Nintendo fan to think what Nintendo are going to do next because they are the king of subverting expectations yeah because I mean uh, yeah I guess August July maybe of 2016 things were looking pretty bleak in nintendo world (laughs) yeah uh wasn't looking good and we legitimately thought that the switch was going to be nintendo's last console and it was very cool to line up that first day and buy it and everything like that and uh it's funny because i was telling someone else about this 
about how I remember lining up for the switch. And when I lined up for it, it was a pretty small line. I got there like probably eight o'clock or, you know, just, just before it opened or EB games, uh, GameStop opened, uh, maybe like 20 of us, 30 of us in line. Uh, and then it got a little longer as I waited, but that was it. And I feel like if this happened again, well, it will happen again for their next console. That line is going to be huge, Neil, because yeah. I stood in line for three hours to buy <laughs> Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. After a concert, too. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so it's got to be, I, I can't imagine what the line's going to be. It's going to be crazy because that's not, yeah. that's just, it's not just a game. It'll be a console. Right. Uh, so, yeah, that'll be a very different world than twenty uh, March 2017. So mm-hmm. I will be excited for that. Yeah, that's going to be a ton of fun. I'm really looking forward to 2024. 2023 was a great year in gaming. I hope that it continues because uh, it does well for everybody. And it's funny because we did think Nintendo was going third party back in 2016. Now it feels like Microsoft or Xbox are the ones who are probably going third party next. Uh, Nintendo yes. have saved themselves. But looking back is really fun, Mike. We love doing that. I think it's time since it's the last episode of the month to look back in the world from 2003, we do this in the last episode of every month where we go back 20 years and see what things looked like in terms of games, movies, music, and world news overall. In video games, we got 1080 Avalanche on the 1st of December, Pac-Man Versus on December 2nd, Gotcha Force on December 3rd, hitting those GameCube fans with the 1-2-3 punch, Beyond Good and Evil <laughs> on GameCube on December 11th, and then Sonic Heroes on December 30th. Sonic really just slipping one in at the very end of the year. <laughs> Uh, December 30th. Can't imagine. Can you imagine that? <laughs> and we talked about this a lot on the GameCube is Cool podcast when we actually were seeing the release dates of all these uh, 500 games. And mm-hmm. there were some really funny release dates back in the day yeah. where you just did not have that standardized release. You just kind of threw them out. Like, yeah. <laughs> January <laughs> December- 2nd or whatever. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, the, the December 20, honestly, just December like 20th to like January 10th. You're, if you're releasing something in that like span, what are you doing? My God. Yeah. Like, everyone has figured that out since it seems like. Uh, but yeah, there's there were some really funny ones that I remember being like, okay, I guess no one bought this game. <laughs> no. Yeah. At least not on release. No. That's a good that's a good month though for GameCube fans, especially with 1080 Avalanche and Beyond Good and Evil in there. That's strong, strong month. And then you had Pac-Man, Gotcha Force. Like that's some good stuff. And that's just midway through the GameCube's life cycle, but it wasn't translating to console sales as of course we all know by now but in the movie theaters we had lord of the rings return of the king on december 17th big fish not related to real big fish on december 25th and cheaper by the dozen the steve martin and bonnie hunt classic also on december 25th which i love cheaper by the dozen that's a great movie now this is the time for movies to come out, so that's yeah. this is this is this is allowed for sure. Uh, yeah, Christmas Day movies has. Have you ever done that? Gone to movies on Christmas Day? I know a lot of families do have that as a tradition. Mm-hmm. No, we never did because my I mean my family does the whole Christmas thing. So you know family yes. and 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 gifts in the morning, and then you go out for dinner and you're out until midnight. No, we we did uh, New Year's Day. That's when we did it. We would go out. New Year's, uh, okay. Yeah, we would stay up you know until midnight uh, the night before, count down and all that, and sleep in on New Year's Day, have a chill brunch or whatever and then go to the movie theaters and see um i remember seeing a lot of movies like narnia and uh night at the museum the haunted mansion um maybe a harry potter movie in there the haunted or two. mansion january 1st yep. wow mm-hmm. oh yeah starting the year off right with that eddie murphy classic Dude, what about you did you, you went to the movies during christmas breaks did you go on christmas or new year's no, no, I wasn't. I, we went just probably random days between the two. Mm. But uh, yeah, I was not a Christmas Day movie person. The, it's funny because you, you mentioned that you know do you did all the Christmas stuff. Like I feel the one the people that I know their families 
are the ones who go really into Christmas, really big decorators, really big, like the, all, the whole family comes over on Christmas Day as well, and they all go to see a movie oh together. Oh, my God. I know, I and I know, I should say all the people. These are two people that I know, and I'm just like, that is a lot of logistics, man. That's, right? That's, like, that's a lot of herding it gets. And uh, that was back in the day when you couldn't reserve a seat. No, oh, yeah, right? you just go. Yeah, yeah but I, I, I knew that was like, that was the thing they do every single year, huh. and uh yeah, I know, I'm sure a lot of people out there do it. That's why movies come out on Christmas Day. That's a, mm-hmm. a big thing. Uh, I mean, hey, get to work time and a half, I guess, if you're oh, uh, yeah. if you're working at the movie theater then. <laughs> uh, but um, but yeah, uh, that's uh, movies in December 2003. There were mm-hmm. some great albums too there, Neil. Yeah, here we go. Who Bestanks the Reason came out on December 9th, the classic. And the reason is you. I didn't know that was the album name too, actually. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they Might knew. As well. They knew. <laughs> <laughs> The Offspring Splinter came out on the same day. I don't know any songs off that album. I just know the intro. Like, dun, dun, Isn't that how they start some of their shows, too, or something? Anyway. Yeah, they often start with that first... I, I forget what it's called, but... Yeah. Splinter's the one with, like, the like Statue of David head kind of thing blowing up on it, yeah. right? Hold on. What are the tracks on this? Hang on. We're going to pause the show. Let's let's see. What do we got here? Victor, uh, pause the show. Victor, pause the show while I look up the Offspring Splinters track. Because I, I love, like, Smash and Americana and... Uh, well, this is the those. first album they did that didn't have anything to do with their like oh. format that they were doing. Because okay. even Conspiracy of One kind of keeps that format, but then this was like fully just not part of those albums anymore. I'm clearly not an Offspring head. The hits are "Hit That," "Can't Get My Head Around You," and "Spare Me the Details." I don't know any of those songs. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. There we go. And Big D and the Kids Table released "Porch Life" on December 30th. Another end of the year album slipping one in on the same day as Sonic Heroes. I love Big D and the Kids Table. They're a really fun ska punk band. Uh, check them out if you haven't heard them. They probably need your support at this point. <laughs> <laughs> They're fantastic, and that's a great yeah. album too, Porch Life. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love them. They're so good. They're really funny, especially their early stuff. Really fast, really, really good, clever, uh, cheeky lyrics. So check out Big D and the Kids Table. That's my recommendation of the day. In world news, on December 12th, Mick Jagger is knighted for services to music uh, by the Prince of Wales, now King Charles III, at Buckingham Palace. So he's been a he's been a knight for uh, 20 years. Good job, Mick. Uh, on December 14th, Jason White, quarterback of the University of Oklahoma Sooners, wins the Heisman Trophy, awarded to players in college football. And I just thought that uh, it'd be funny if this was actually the guitarist from Green Day. I was going to say, Jason White from Green Day won the Heisman? That's uh, not bad. That's right. Uh, also, Green Day did recently perform at uh, the Grey Cup here in Canada, the uh, the, the mm-hmm. football league that we have in Canada, the Grey Cup, the championship for it. Uh, yes, Green Day were the halftime show. They actually put on a very decent ha- halftime show. I will I will say they played some some good hits. Also, it was cheaper to buy a ticket to the, the uh, Grey Cup than it is to buy a ticket to go see Green Day at the Sky Dome. So there you go. That just shows you how much Canadians do not care about the CFL. Uh, I, I, I watched the half. I didn't watch the uh, the Grey Cup, but I watched the halftime show. They played their. They've come out with some new singles in the last month or so, and they're not bad. They sound a lot more reminiscent of uh, the 21st century breakdown era, and less so mm-hmm. of the. Uh, the hell was their last album the father of all that album sucks um <laughs> oh my god uh that was rough um but yeah I, I i like what they're doing right now it seems like they're going back to their kind of 2000s format which is which is it's very good like i'm not as hyped about it as i was with uh blink 182 earlier this year but uh, i'm glad they're still doing stuff but uh, glad billy joe has uh dyed his hair blonde again he's back to that style he flips between blonde and black hair it seems the shenanigans era mm-hmm, that's right <laughs> very good and finally on december 25th neil got a copy of Nightfire for Christmas and Mike got his GameCube on that day. So it's been 20 years of uh, GameCube goodness in our life. 
That's true. Wow. What a what a time. I, I think that is world news. So thank you for Definitely. putting that in there because I think everyone rejoiced mm-hmm. when I got my GameCube, my copy of Double Dash and my Legend of Zelda Collector's Edition. That's right. Uh, which was, the, it's funny like thinking back, hmm. like having those games. And I, I think someone might've got me NHL 2004 probably uh, uh, for the, at that time as well. And being like, wow, like this was fantastic. These were all the games I needed. I don't think yeah. I bought another GameCube game for a while, like probably another year. Not that you could at the time anyway. <laughs> it's true. Good point. Yeah. <laughs> my, my, my money was better saved on Yu-Gi-Oh cards that, to be fair. True. So true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a special like special memory is receiving a console with oh, games yeah. for Christmas. Like that's that we we've talked a lot about that. Go back and check out our uh, Christmas episodes of the GameCube is cool podcast. We talked about uh, some of our favorite gifts and receiving GameCube games uh, at Christmas time. Uh, yeah, it's it's awesome, good time, uh, especially for us getting our night fire. And that's obviously number one GameCube podcast on the internet, and that was our best episode. So uh, it shows. But Mike, with that, I think it's about time that we jumped in to the last episode of the year. What do you think? Let's do it, Neil. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 44 of the Unlocking What Was Cool podcast, the show about all things retro that we love from our childhood. New episode every Thursday on all the major podcast services. We are the number one podcast on the internet, hosted by people who got the GameCube for Christmas 20 years ago. Last week, we talked about Majora's Mask on the N64. If you haven't already, go back and check it out. This week, we are looking back at 2023 in terms of our favorite moments, games, movies, albums, maybe some TV shows thrown in there, and just talk about the podcast in general. It's been about... Uh, I guess, 10 months of the podcast since we started back in March, if I remember correctly. So a lot has happened in the, in those months. As I said before, we've put out 44 episodes, which is just crazy. So Mike, let's start at the top here. What are some of your highlights overall from 2023? Oh, wow. I mean, it's been, it's been quite the year. I can't believe it is over. I know that seems like a cliche to say that literally every year. I can't believe it's already 2024. I know. <laughs> I can't believe I people can. are going to be wishing me Happy New Year <laughs> after a month later. <laughs> but... I mean, there's been lots of highlights for sure. Uh, probably one of the biggest ones was your wedding and your mm-hmm. bachelor party. Uh, they were both huge highlights. I mean, uh, what can what else can be said about uh, mm-hmm. about your amazing wedding? Your bachelor party was a lot of fun. I got to plan it, yeah. and so it was stressful planning it, but uh, not <laughs> not really. It was not stressful planning it, Good. but I was happy that everything worked out really well, and then everything worked out really well for the wedding to and and had such a, a blast and like an unironic like not unironic that's not the word but like like you know how like you, you go to a wedding and everyone's just like yeah like uh, how was it was like yeah it was really nice had a great time but like your wedding was such a amazing time because it had you know all of us there all the guys together all our friends there it mm-hmm. felt like we were back in high school but we actually knew things yeah. <laughs> we were a little older a little wiser and but it was like a, a good it was a really nice feeling to to be in that space again. Very mm-hmm. nostalgic, but also not at the same time. Hard to put into words, clearly, because I'm stumbling over myself here. But <laughs> I, I, it's definitely a highlight, and I'm sure it's probably your number one highlight of your year. Yeah, number one and two, right <laughs> up the top there on my list. My wedding and the bachelor party. The wedding was awesome. You're right. It was just it's just really surreal to see everybody that you know in a room together. Yeah. It almost feels like you're like. This sounds weird, but it feels like you're like a border collie that successfully herded all the sheep into one spot. On yes. The, you know, that's really what it feels like. And you're all together. Exactly. You're all, you know, we're eating we're eating cupcakes and we're having drinks and we're dancing. They're like Kenny Loggins songs and Ocean Man, our favorite it's song. Amazing. It was so good. You know, it's awesome. And like uh, just everyone was healthy and like happy to be there. Everyone was stoked. It was so weird. You're right. Just seeing all all my friends getting picked up by their moms. 
it was yeah. like it was it really was like being like in high school again or like early college years or something it was it was a ton of fun it was a great day uh my wife and i couldn't be happier we're getting all the photos now which is really fun to relive that um so yeah that was obviously the highlight of the year and then the bachelor party that you did i'm, I'm so glad that you you had fun it seemed like you had fun planning it i'm glad that you weren't stressed planning it because it was such such an amazing day going to the movie theater to watch our favorite toronto-based film little italy um going axe throwing was fun we went out for sushi um and then of course there was a pinball bar in there too and it was just all the friends like basically the same friends at the wedding were like having like a pre-wedding party sort of thing um, so that was really cool. I got the pod racing jacket, which is such a cool jacket, dude. Like I love wearing it around Toronto on the subway. I, I, <laughs> I feel like so much, like I stand out so much more as compared to wearing, I love my black leather jacket, but sometimes I'm like, it's a pod racing day and uh, it's a pod racing day. It just looks so cool. Cause at, at first glance, it looks like it's just a, a NASCAR jacket, I guess it'd be like, you know, a Honda 500 or something. But then like you look closely at it, it's like, wait a minute. Is that a Anakin Skywalker pod racing yeah. bomber jacket? It's like hell yeah! It's the coolest gift ever. Oh, thank you. Um, so the whole day was the whole day was fantastic. Both days, both days, yeah, they were fantastic for me too. And uh, mm-hmm. and and I wasn't even the one getting married. <laughs> someday, no, someday we'll see. So, so, exactly, I can't and wait I'll to have... do the same thing for you. I hope someday. A, a different pod racing jacket. Correct. You'll be the Zabalba <laughs> one. That's what yeah, you'll exactly. have. <laughs> exactly. I couldn't think of his name for, yeah. for a second. Cool. I can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> um, some other great uh, highlights of this year was uh, traveling for sure for me. I got to go to Guernsey, a little island off the coast of England, uh, and to see where my my mom's side of the family kind of grew up and and, uh, and everything. It was funny when I was there. You know, people obviously immediately realize that I was a tourist because I didn't have a <laughs> British accent, and they're oh, not from around here. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm I'm seeing some like some relatives. They're like, oh, any living ones? I'm like, no, just dead ones. <laughs> just dead ones today for me. They're so much easier you. to visit with. That's right. Yeah, I don't have to <laughs> short conversations. Mm-hmm. It's it's all all easy. Um, I pot the the going to Japan, of course, as well, which was a yes. huge huge trip for me. I mean, I think I've always wanted to go to Japan and. And the fact that I got to do with friend of the show, Dan, and some other of her friends going out there, uh, seeing the sites, being immersed in the culture, having the amazing food that we did, seeing some GameCube, uh, GameCubes out there, yeah. doing some GameCube shopping, some video game shopping. It was amazing. I, I'll go back in a heartbeat. Very few places I've ever been where I can say I could live here very easily. And Tokyo uh, and just Japan in general was 100% one of them. And same with London, England. Every time I go there, I can I think I can live there. It's, it would be so easy, except extremely expensive. Yeah. Uh, but um, uh, I also went there this year. I got to see Wimbledon, uh, the uh, great tennis tournament. That was very surreal. Very, very cool. Definitely a highlight of just my life so far has been mm. Wimbledon. It goes, it goes Neil's, Neil's wedding. Number one, Wimbledon, number two, <laughs> far less, uh, that was far less tennis at my wedding, far less tennis at Neil's yeah. wedding, surprisingly, but just, just as much grass, I would say, Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> just enough greenery. And yeah, that was really, really cool going to Wimbledon and just standing in line to, to get in and everything, beautiful weather, everything worked great. Uh, standing in line to buy Zelda, like I said earlier on, was honestly a memory. I'm not sure if it's a good or bad one, but it was cool to be part of that again. Felt like I was standing in line for the Switch again, like I said. Buying my PS5 in Virginia, which is just a hilarious story, <laughs> that there was no PS5s in Canada. I just had a bag that I could check for work, and I thought, screw it, I'm buying a PS5 today. Good. So that was, that was a very nice little present to myself for my 30th. And speaking of my 30th, 
uh, the lovely podcast that friend of the show Marty created <laughs> the one podcast oh, episode yeah. that he created for me for my 30th birthday that of course you were an uh, integral part of and uh, that was uh, definitely one of the best presents I've ever gotten so yeah it's been a been a great year that was a lovely thing to record it was a great gift idea from Marty I enjoyed that too I don't know if he put that up on podcast services I think that that was for <laughs> no for <laughs> private ears only uh, to uh, to absorb but I had a ton of fun recording that with him going back to the tears of the kingdom as a highlight though that whole week was really cool because if you remember that night we just seen blink 182 um and seeing tom come back to the band like that was a really cool week in general and then seeing people walking around toronto with tears of the kingdom uh you could see them walking with uh, GameStop bags but you could tell that there was a switch game in each one so the game kind of took over for a couple days which was really neat that was a fun yeah. experience to to have you know nintendo at the top and blink 182 back it was just a neat couple of days it felt like it really did feel like 2003 yeah a little bit like 2003 honestly with blink's self-titled record and uh whatever was it uh, wind waker was coming out or whatever yep. um it was very reminiscent of that um so yeah that was a good time definitely uh, i also did a little bit of traveling this year went to uh, florida for the first time and disney world and uh universal studios was an amazing experience. I love mm -hmm. uh, amusement parks and I like Disney quite a bit and I like Harry Potter and um, all of the things at Universal at Jurassic Park and whatever else and I love rides and everything. So that was a that was an amazing experience to go to all of these different parks and meet, you know, Darth Vader and Mickey Mouse and walk around Galaxy's Edge. That was so cool. Um, the whole Star Wars land and then Harry Potter world in the same week. I just felt like I was living in all of these different fantasy worlds that I'd grown up with finally as a almost 30 year old man uh you know never went to disney world or any of those places as a kid always just went to canada's wonderland which is uh, our big amusement park here in ontario but going to those parks just blows everything out of the water uh in terms of just oh, yeah. the presentation of the rides we have some pretty pretty good roller coasters i will say at wonderland i think we have just the sheer scale of it yeah it's just incredible exactly the production value of everything going on in floor in that area of florida is nuts like how clean it was i felt like i was in some kind of a utopia because i basically was um and compare that to like what we have here it's just it's just very much apples and oranges but it's still yes. it was still such a cool experience and hope to go back someday but uh we'll have to oh, yeah wait and see and of course traveling we we traveled to uh where did we cottage gilmore ontario where was it uh somewhere belfort somewhere. i think it was gilmore gilmore on so, somewhere in the corth yes north of belleville ontario we went to the, our sixth sixth cottage year yeah sixth cottage year uh we went to the six of us i guess it was to little cottage for a week which was uh lovely it's been great doing that for so many years now and uh it's just nice to relax for a week play some games uh do some kayaking all types of games, by the way. We played uh, we played Hot Wheels Unleashed. We played Mini Metro. Uh, we played some you know random card games or whatever. I forget what games we even played at this point. But you know, <laughs> just hang out cooking. I made a giant cake. We jammed. There was a pool table there. It's a great way to spend the summer uh, to do that for a couple of days with everybody. So hopefully we can keep that tradition going. And finally, uh, my highlight of the year, like you said, turning 30. Uh, my entire birthday month that my wife put on for me, a little advent calendar where I had a different activity or a message from a loved one every day. And I had some really cool messages from friends and family. I had a bunch of songs from you, Brandon and Dan. I love your song. It was so funny. It was basically a spoof of the uh, Shiv Palpatine song by... Um, Sunrise Canadian Skater Kids, softball. Canadian Softball. Sorry, their their other band. Um, that was so. I was laughing my ass off at that. I loved all those <laughs> messages every day for thirty days. It was so cool. Um, and then finally, I I just went to the magic show. That was kind of like the big gift oh, yeah. on the thirtieth day. Yeah, it was sick. It was uh, they had like five magicians perform in Toronto at the uh, uh, where were we? Princess of Alexandria. What's the Alexandria Theater? 
What's Royal that? Al- the Royal Alexander. Royal, Ale- I think that was the one. Royal Alexandra Theater. I can't get them all right because they all look the same to me once you're on the inside. <laughs> yeah. um, but anyway, it was so cool. I love live magic. Of course, one of my dreams is to open up a, uh, a bar that has open mic nights for magicians. <laughs> so good. Because where else can they <laughs> practice? So, I know. Uh, oh, I would never leave. But uh, it was it was a ton of fun. It was, a lot of kids in the audience, but uh, I was getting just as much enjoyment out of it as those kids were. So honestly, at, like every year, you and I are good at you know getting together with the friends and and everybody else and, and planning things, which is really important. So there's so many highlights from every year that I can't even mention everything. Like there's all these concerts that I didn't even mention or sushi days out. So uh, looking forward to more and more highlights in uh, in 2024. But Mike, we already talked about our most anticipated video games of 2024. But what were your favorite video games from uh, 2023? I want to hear your favorites because I think we played some different things this year. We did play some different things this year, Neil. We, uh, but we probably both agree that Mario Wonder is one of the best games for sure. So what what I actually did on here though is I listed games that I had played for the first time in 2023. Okay. So not necessarily just 2023 games, but games that I played uh, for the first time this year. Mario Wonder was probably my top. This ranking is pretty. It'll change probably every day, but Mario Wonder <laughs> I think is is the best game I played this year. Uh, Yakuza Kiwami, the, the the remake of it. Uh, I've t- heard me talk on this podcast about Yakuza games before. Mm-hmm. I loved this game so much. It's so much fun. There's so much raw wackiness, so many crazy mini games in it. Very cool to play uh, this year for the first time. And I'll probably be picking up Like a Dragon, which comes out in 2024. The new installment of that, which is the new Yakuza game. Um, uh, I forgot to mention that in the earlier part of the episode for most anticipated. That is definitely a most anticipated. It Takes Two is a game that came out two years ago, I think. And... I played it for the first time, thanks to you lending me mm-hmm. your copy. Fantastic game, a lot of fun, made by the guys at Hazelight Studios, uh, who made the uh, uh, A Way Out that I played with a friend of the show, Brennan, and we had a lot of fun <laughs> with that. So it was cool to see them take it to the next level with It Takes Two. Really, really fun game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tears of the Kingdom, probably number four because it's Zelda. It's great. I've kind of just like forgotten about it a little bit, which yeah. it's hard to like think like that, but it, it is such an amazing game. I've already put 90 hours into that game and I have done nothing, like, <laughs> I am, I, which that game is an absolute time sink. There, it's just so much to explore. It's it's a really rare case of a, of a game taking a sequel and just being like, no, we'll just make it even more so. And they definitely did that with Tears of the Kingdom. Number five is probably a tie between Hogwarts Legacy, which uh, was an amazing uh, world, wizarding world game, amazing Harry Potter game. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, I have my quarrels with it for sure. There's a lot of things I would change, but I think for what it's worth, it's probably the best that they were going to do with this kind of Harry Potter world. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll tie that with uh, Grim Fandango because I never mm-hmm. fully played Grim Fandango before this year. I got to play it, finish it, talk about it on the podcast and just made me want an actual remake so much more because the story is one of the best stories I've ever played uh, in a game before. And I'm, I'm such amazing dialogue. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was a lot of fun to talk about it with friend of the show, Dan. And my one honorable mention that I will give is you already mentioned it earlier, Neil. It's Mini Metro because that game is so <laughs> simple. And so just it's you can sink so much time into that one as well just making these subway lines with your switch that was a lot of fun mini metro is an interesting game especially for people that live in cities because we all know what it's like to live with a subway line and anytime like i was talking uh with uh one of my brother-in-laws a couple weeks ago about um 
the Toronto subway system and the state of it. And I said, like, you know, have you ever heard of a game called Mini Metro? And he said, no, I haven't. And I was like, check it out. It's on Switch. It's probably better on PC. It's like five bucks. But you just design a subway line. And like his eyes just lit up because it's like there's just like there's something about that for certain people that that is just fun. And you can you definitely can't recommend that type of a game to everybody because it is stressful. It is it's not like an exciting Mario or Call of Duty style game, but it's just very satisfying. The clicks and the the ambient sound that the game has. I'm really glad that you got into it. I knew that you would. It was just it just had to <laughs> introduce it to you at the right time. And I think you finally started playing it at the cottage and you put a bunch of time into it that week. Oh, yeah. yeah. And and after I played mm-hmm. it a lot in Japan, actually, yeah. uh, like like uh, in our transiting in Japan when we were on the trains, when we were on uh, the uh, on the plane, of course, too, taking that long flight. Mini Metro came out every time because I have Good. a tough time playing Zelda or Mario or a game like that for a long period of time on a plane. I can maybe play it for about 45 minutes until I, I, I know what it is. It's not like I get motion sickness or anything. I just kind of like get bored of it. Right. I just need like more like different kind of stimulation. It's almost like it's too much stimulation. I can see that. So then I just go to Mini Metro instead. Perfect. Which is no stimulation. Yeah, there's I need I need no stimulation. You go to Mini Metro. No, just the right amount. I, I understand exactly. what you're saying. Yeah. Um for me, there were a lot of games in 2023 that uh came out that I was not able to play at all because I didn't have oh, yeah. the PS5. So I'm really excited to go back and play Spider-Man 2, Hogwarts Legacy, the Dead Space remake, and the RE4, Resident Evil 4 remake. Um, those games specifically, I'm excited to eventually go back and play. And I, I will throw Tears of the Kingdom on that list as well because like you I played 90 hours I think sounds about right I think that's about what my playtime was when I stopped back in the summertime and I I didn't beat it I would love to go back to it I made the mistake of starting the story and now I'm not going to know what the hell is going on and I don't (laughs) because I want to restart the game but I don't want to go back to baseline no equipment no anything like I have a lot of the map already discovered I have a lot of Korok seeds and uh, a lot of helping the politician put up his mayor signs and all that. Um, that bastard. I know. I love doing it, though. It's very satisfying. Like, I've, I I've done a lot of things that I don't want to lose. So I don't know. I might have to watch, like, maybe a bit of a uh, playthrough and then get back into it because I would like to beat it. Obviously, I love Breath of the Wild, but just something about Tears of the Kingdom, it didn't hold me for quite as long. I feel like I spent maybe a little bit too much time uh, messing around with it. And then by the time... I finally got to the story. I was kind of done with it, which I know that a lot of people did not have that experience. We've talked to, I think, Luigi from Luigi's Apartment mentioned he's 200 hours in or something. I'm pretty sure it was him because he does uh, he does the, um, is it Chat of the Wild? Is that the one he does? Chat of the yeah. Wild, yes. Yeah. yeah, he does Chat of the Wild. So obviously, you know, he's, he's a big Zelda head. So I would like to get back into it at some point. Maybe once I'm done all these other Switch games that came out this year, I will. Um, t- speaking about the podcast, though, games that we played on the podcast, I really enjoyed this year going back to games like Star Wars Battlefront 2, Roller Coaster Tycoon, uh, The Last of Us, Majora's Mask. Um, but specifically, I really had a good time. I went back and beat, played all the way through uh, Tony Hawk Underground. That was mm-hmm. probably one of the games that I had the most fun going back to and talking about this year. I played it way after we finished recording the podcast, um, <laughs> just having a good time trying to get high scores, uh, messing around with different characters, playing different levels, uh, listening to the soundtrack, of course. The story is wacky, but it's such a special game and such a time and place, and uh, really sad that we're not getting any kind of remake of those games. Uh, Tony Hawk Underground 1 and 2 are both really fun um, so I had a, I, that would probably be the game I think that I spent the most time with that we went back to and talked about. So I have to give a shout out to that one. Uh, Pikmin four on switch. Uh, it's been 10 years since we got a Pikmin game. The one, uh, Pikmin three on Wii U. I hadn't played any of the remakes or uh, Hey Pikmin on 3ds, uh, since then, which 
I don't think you need to play Hey Pikmin. I've talked enough about that uh, <laughs> over the years. But uh, Pikmin 4 is such a special game. It might be my favorite Pikmin game. I think it probably is now. Uh, overtook Pikmin 1. Uh, there's so much replayability to it. There's so much content in that game. Almost too much, which is uh, weird to say because most Pikmin games... Uh, I would say lack content, but a Pikmin 4 is so much fun. You can play it for hours. You can you can finish the game. The game basically ends like three times. So you can you can end it at three different parts. But the more you play, I was talking about it with friend of the show John offline, and he had a great time with it too. I think he he may have hundred percented it now at this point. I didn't. Yeah. Um he got really into Pikmin 4. So he was the one that sold me on it because I was on the fence for for a while. I was also playing Tears of the Kingdom at the time. So I think that was the game that probably really took me off the tears of the kingdom train but it's such a beautiful game uh if you've if you've if you're even remotely interested in pikmin you have to pick up pikmin 4 uh i guess i have almost all of the pikmin games on switch now because uh nintendo put out all of them uh this year the first two on gamecube rather so uh great franchise i'm i hope that we don't have to wait uh, 10 years for pikmin 5 but We'll have to wait and see. Um, you've already talked a bunch about Mario Wonder, so I will just say it is probably uh, my game of the year. Uh, I've enjoyed what I've played so far. I'm about two thirds of a way through the main story. I'm 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 playing it very slowly. I'm savoring it. I want 100% every level, collect every purple coin, and collect all of the uh, the wonder seeds, and find all of the secret exits for every level before moving on to the next world so i'm really just having a good time doing that um it is the best 2d mario game i think since super uh super mario world which you said a few weeks ago and i 100 percent agree it's such a special game so uh i'm playing that one slowly and i'm going to keep playing it into 2024 but tied for first place i can't pick between the two mike because we got hot wheels unleashed 2 this year and it's such an amazing game. I've played this game probably already for, I've only had it for two weeks and I think I'm already 15 or 20 hours in. And for me, amazing. that is a lot. Um, <laughs> I play it every day for at least an hour, trying to get all of the trophies, trying to unlock all of the cars. Um, I, I get really discouraged just because like, it seems like every review of this game says that the game is good. Like it's acceptable. This game is phenomenal. Like, I don't know. I don't play a lot of like the Gran Turismo's or the Forza games, but for me, like this is about as good as a racing game can be like i i love the the corniness of it how you're racing as cars but every car feels slightly different there's dozens of cars i don't even know there might be hundreds of cars at this point to uh to collect you can paint them you can modify them uh, you can build your own tracks which i don't do the tracks themselves it really just feels like that you're playing with hot wheels as a kid like it makes you it makes you relive the feeling of playing with hot wheels like this is what it felt like to race cars around tracks in your basement but uh you're racing them on a on a 4k tv or whatever on the playstation 5 so yeah the cars all have such amazing sound effects too like they look beautiful the graphics are phenomenal the sound the the sound of the engines roaring it's it's just ridiculous because you remember that they're actually cars the only thing about <laughs> it that i'll say is probably a negative is the music in the game is is really irritating like we talked we talked a lot <laughs> yeah. about this on the gamecube is cool podcast but it does have that kind of 2000s issue of exactly it's it's a <laughs> it's a licensed game the music was not the uh not the star of the show unfortunately so it's a lot yeah. of just repeated tracks um, so I typically just mute it and listen to a podcast or something. So that would be the only reason why it doesn't get the number one slot, but I'm having a great time right now, just switching between Mario wonder and hot wheels unleashed too. But that's been kind of my, my career in games, uh, for this year, uh, lots to catch up on, as I said earlier. So I'm very much looking forward to tackling my backlog once I'm done wonder and hot wheels unleashed too. But what about music, Mike? Were there any albums in 2023 that, uh, that were living on your Spotify account? Oh yeah, lots of lots of great albums this year. 2023 has been a great year for music, movies, 
everything like that. It feels like our first real year without the pandemic where like things are just fully open, things are happening. Like it feels like there's not lulls and things. Some music and movies about the pandemic too yeah. coming out. But um, my number one that I have and then the rest are basically tied. Like there's no, I don't have really have ranking, but my, my favorite album this year was Paramore's This Is Why. And I got to say Paramore for one was always kind of a fan of them when I was um, a kid. I liked, uh, uh, what's that? The Riot? The, no, I didn't like that one. Oh, I like the after? one with the butterfly on it. Oh, Brand, brand New Eyes, I think. Yes, still. Brand New Eyes. Thank you. Love that album. The album has amazing songs on it. Ignorance, uh, Brick by Boring Brick, um, All I Wanted. Great songs. Love that mm. album. Uh, and then Paramore was just like kind of okay for a while. They put out that album in 2017, maybe. Uh, yeah, and uh, that's no, the that, that has, that's, that's uh, the 2013 fun? one, I think. This one or, is the um, Hard Times. Mm. Hard Times. And that album's like, it's very poppy. It's it's, oh, it's, yeah, it's yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah. But okay. This Is Why is like a really good album it's it's really well written there's a huge amount of career growth there uh and i was like whoa paramore is like good now like it's really good like i was i was really really impressed by it and for me (laughs) i always put more significance on like a growth of an of an artist more so than just like being able to go back to the studio and make the same album again uh which i it's nice sometimes to hear the same album over and over again but it's uh it's nicer even more when you can have an artist come into the studio create something completely new put it out and you're like wow I, you actually grew a lot like you have their lyrics are better your music's better it's different uh so that's why paramore's this is why is my number one really really solid album all the way through other albums that came out boy genius had their album with uh lucy phoebe julian now they're big now all the all the all the kids like them but i i saw them before they were cool neil that's right you've liked them for years <laughs> i have so it's cool i mean i like all of them individually so it's cool when they get together and make a a record that they made an ep in 2018 so it's cool to have a a full length five years later uh wolfie's just fine who is a more of an obscure artist uh it's actually this guy, John LaJoy, who, who people may know from the Show Me Your Genitals uh, videos. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, he he is also a serious artist and also Canadian. Good Montreal oh. boy. Um, and uh, he is, uh, yeah, he made a new album this year. Really, really good. He's a very good guitar player. A lot of finger picking and stuff like that. Uh, very kind of indie folk style. Great, great album. Great song uh, on it with uh, called... Hulk Hogan slammed Andre the Giant, <laughs> which is, you know, it's got to be a good album if you're having a track, track like that. Uh, Blink-182 is one more time, of course. Uh, I, yeah. We've talked about that at, at length, but it was cool to see Blink back uh, with Tom. And then uh, Mitski, who's another favorite of mine, uh, she released an album uh, this year that is very good. And she keeps saying that she, she keeps threatening to retire from music. And here she is. So... <laughs> She's got that grant, like the uh, closing soon, you know, grant, uh, yeah, yeah. Out, you know, like, uh, like the, remember the, like blue notes at our mall <laughs> near where we grew up, like for like two years, they had that great, you know, uh, closing, like everything closing, must yeah. go kind of <laughs> I keep saying grand closing, but that's not right. I, I do like grand closing as a term though, because they were having a grand closing type sale for years, for uh, years, everything was supposedly 50% off. Who knows what's going on there? I know that was a weird time. I did want to ask you though, with uh, with albums, were there any that came out that kind of you were you were uh, excited for, but kind of didn't quite meet expectations, or were like just like, oh, this is just okay, or anything like that? Menzingers is probably the only one that I can think of that was just was like, yeah, this is okay. Sorry, Marty. <laughs> it had some. There were some good songs on it for sure. I think the 
The first song off that record is really good. The others are okay. Like, I, I enjoyed it, but it wasn't something that I was really, really loving. Uh, I did also just remember that I did want to also give a shout out to Peter Gabriel. He has a new album out this year. He's been putting out every track of it as a single. But so every time, like hmm. since January. Uh, so I think there are 12 tracks on it. And each track is supposed to be like by the like the, the lunar phase. So every time there was a different oh, lunar cool. phase, he put a, a new track out. So all 12 tracks just got released recently. So his full album is out. He's been working on this album for 20 years. Has not had a 20-year hiatus. The, just the tracks were recorded <laughs> and changed over the last 20 years. So it's finally wow. fully out. And I got to see him in concert too, which was pretty cool. So that's awesome. to him. Yeah, the Menzingers for me was another <laughs> letdown. We're huge fans of them. Uh, After the Party uh, was a really good. The Impossible Past is one of my favorite albums just generally. Um, yeah, they had a good, they, they, I feel like their new album to me felt a bit like Rented World where it's like the songs are good. They're just very forgettable to me. Mm-hmm. Like, and there's maybe two or three songs that are really good. Um, but yeah, I think the song you might've been referencing, well, I have the album here. It is Hope is a Dangerous Thing. Yes, that's right. Yeah. The first like couple songs on the record are not bad. That one for me though, I was anticipating that and it wasn't quite as what I wanted it to be. Uh, I don't know if you knew this, but, uh, Taking Back Sunday put out an album this year Ooh. and- I was a big fan of them in high school. Like their first three or yeah. so records were really good. Uh, the new one, not very good. So <laughs> good to know. Good don't to even know. bother. Don't, I listened to it, forgot everything that was on it right away. <laughs> it's very generic, unfortunately. Um, but for me, the albums that I did like, I had seven here. Uh, a lot of good records this year for me. But uh, really quick, one that came out just recently is the new Gaslight Anthem. Mm. History books, really good. Uh, I, I love their um, 59 sound. Like that's a that's a really good album. Like all the way through. I don't think there's a single. That's an all killer no filler album for me. Oh, yeah. Um, that's a good one. Uh, they have an, a song on there featuring Bruce Springsteen, which is really weird because they they are huge Bruce Springsteen fans. So it's just neat that he recognized them enough to be featured on that album. So really cool to see that. It's a really nice album. Easy listening. Like good driving music at night for me. Uh, another one was the Penske file, which are a band from not far from where we live. I think they're from Burlington, if I remember correctly, or Hamilton. Um, the Penske file, of course, is a Seinfeld reference to, uh, the George Costanza episode <laughs> where he has to fake working on the Penske file because he has no idea what he's supposed to be doing. But, uh, they put out an album, uh, several years ago. It's called Kamikaze Kids. That's at least the opening track. I can't remember the name, but it came out in like 2016 or 17 and they haven't done much since then. So they've been on a bit of a bit of a hiatus, but the album is called Half Glow and it's really good. I like it. Um, I would like to see them live again. I've only ever seen them open. I think it was for the Menzingers actually, but uh, they're really good. They're really fun. They're a three piece too, which we talk about is uh, is rare to find. Love three pieces. Me too. Me too. Uh, the new Knuckle Puck album is actually really good. Losing What We Love. Uh, they got a song on there called uh, Groundhog Day. Which yeah, is, it's a great song. That's an awesome song. Uh, I like them, like their first two albums i think it was back in like the 2014 to 16 era um and i kind of fell away from them i haven't listened to i think there's one or two albums since then that i didn't listen to all that much but the new one it's called losing what we love and it's really good i listened to it a bunch i think it came out in october or september and it was a regular on my uh, spotify rotation for a while good driving music good music to listen to when i was working out or just going for a walk. Um, so highly recommend that one. Good, good, sad boy, pop punk, kind of reminiscent of the early 2010s. Uh, the new album by the Dirty Nil uh, was really good. Free Reign to Passions, which we saw them earlier this year as well. They played the album, all of the tracks off of it. And that was really cool to see. Another amazing three-piece band. Um, it's a really good rock and roll album. 
uh they don't put out bad music they're one of those bands where it's like i can't i can't pick a bad song that you guys have put out a lot like another band that i'm going to talk about in a few minutes um but uh as we talked about a few weeks ago on my spotify wrapped uh, i have to put the new mxpx album in there because i listened to it a whole bunch i became a big mxpx (laughs) fan during the pandemic for whatever reason uh their 2018 album is actually really good so i guess i guess i just started listening to their back catalog because they're a bit of a meme band like they're kind of like the uh like the skate punk band that you kind of make fun of for listening to, I feel like. I don't really know how to describe it. They're kind of like an in-between pop punk and skate punk band. Like they're not really in either camp. So they're kind of like a bit of an outcast in that sense. Um, But like I said before, I really like their 2018 stuff. And then the album that they put out this year, it's really catchy. It's, It's good stuff. I think that they're... They are getting better with time, I will say. A lot of punk bands don't. I feel like they are uh, for whatever reason. So have to give a shout out to that one. Uh, number two, you already mentioned it, but Blink-182's uh, One More Time. That album was very highly anticipated for the last year and a half, it feels like. And for me, it delivered. I like all the songs, or I like most of the songs off of it. There's still that one or two songs in there, like Edging, that I could do without. But uh, yeah, yes. but the, uh, the title track, One More Time, it's such a good song. It brought every millennial to tears i think when that uh, music video dropped um the whole album just felt like an event which i love to see i feel like that we don't we in our community at least with uh especially punk and pop punk and even indie some of the stuff we don't get that but to see you know blink 182 on billboards and in you know massive signs in toronto and everyone talking about it at least everyone in our community talking about it it's it's really nice to see because a lot of bands don't really have that power anymore i feel like punk rock obviously and rock and roll doesn't seem to anymore it's all the you know the weekend and beyonce and taylor swift of course they suck up a lot of oxygen in the room which it's not really (laughs) no no slight against them i'm sure you know they're doing a great job and everything it's just not it's not what i like out of music so good to see blink 182 are still out there doing doing uh doing a good thing and we're going to see them next year finally my album of the year has to go to a hot mulligan um, we talked a little bit about them back when we talked about our Spotify wrapped, but, uh, their new album this year, why would I watch, uh, really good stuff. They're another one of these bands yeah. where I can't, I can't possibly pick a bad song from any of their albums. Cause they're all so good. Very talented musicians, really young too. I think they're all younger than you are. You and I are, <laughs> I know, right? It's crazy. How dare they? How dare they be young Damn and vibrant man. and talented? Um, but, uh, yeah. Their music is so good. It, not for everybody, like very whiny, very kind of screamy. So, and Midwestern emo punk. But uh, if you're into that type of stuff, if you're into old bands like, you know, Modern Baseball and Tiny Moving Parts and uh, and uh, what else is that? I don't know, Pup, I guess. Like that would be the type of music that I would highly recommend. So got to give a shout out to that album. But great year for music, I have to say, indeed. Great year for music. A uh, pretty good year for movies too. I mean, we had Barbenheimer, mm-hmm. uh, and and Barben Pickmanheimer, obviously, of course, the true day that we had. Oppenheimer and Barbie are on my top list for sure. Uh, Super Mario Bros. The other big one, and then my only other one that is probably more of a um, a, a lesser known one is a movie that's not even out yet. Neil, it's Hate to Love: The Nickelback oh, Story. Yeah. Uh, a great movie I saw at TIFF this year. I was lucky enough to go see it. Not lucky enough to so go see Nickelback perform, but they did. <laughs> do a Q&A while we were there. That was really, really cool to see them, the director, uh, producer as well, talking about the movie. Fantastic movie. Would would absolutely recommend it to anyone whenever it goes on streaming because very cool to see that live. And I, I also uh, want to give a, a sh- give a shout out to couple TV shows this year that I watched too, which were Scott Pilgrim, uh, the new TV mm-hmm. show uh, that is based off the movie and the comic books, of course. Uh, uh, Louder Milk, which is has Ray uh, Ron Livingstone in it. Uh, really funny, just kind of 
uh, deadpan sitcom and uh, Party Down, which is probably one of my new favorite shows uh, that came back this year after a long hiatus of like 12 years, I think. Uh, so really cool to uh, to see them back and and Party Down is a hilarious show that I can't can't wait to w- watch with you at some point. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I, I keep holding out. I think I do need to watch it with you. Uh, it's funny because yes, yeah, it's yeah. about caterers, right? And that's what I do for a living. And yep. I was telling Mike the other day when we were hanging out in person that I had a client tell me that I need to watch Party Down. And I was like, <laughs> you're the second person being, you know, being my best friend, being the first, uh, tell me to watch this show. And he was telling me about it. I was like, yeah, I know it's Adam Scott. And he's like, yeah, yeah, it's really funny. You'd like it. I'm like, I'm sure, I'm sure I would. So I'm waiting for a hat trick to get a third person to uh, recommend it to me. What was that, that other show? Something about milk? What was that one? Oh, Louder Milk. I'm not sure if I actually, maybe I did recommend it. Maybe I didn't. Maybe uh, uh, the Party Down recommendation was too strong. I had to hold That's off. Right. But Louder Milk is basically Ron Livingstone from The Office, who's uh, not uh, from Office Space, sorry, right. uh, who's playing it, the same kind of character of just someone who hates his job, hates his <laughs> life. And uh, he's actually a recovering alcoholic and who used to be a rock uh, critic and he used to write uh, right about, uh, cool. I guess, rock bands on the road. And uh, it's, it, I, we're only uh, like maybe six or seven episodes into it, but I, it's a it's a really funny show. It's got a couple of seasons. It's based in Seattle too, which is nice to see a, a show not in New York or LA. And uh, yeah, I, I've enjoyed it so far. Cool. I got a ch- another show. Damn it. Another show that I, I got to check out. I got to stop watching Seinfeld reruns is my problem. <laughs> no, no, it's all no. I do. I need to uh, watch more. That's true. That's true. I, I don't know every Seinfeld episode off the top of my head. No, like with the TV shows for me, like I, I, I watch maybe two or three shows a year. This year I watched Ahsoka. I watched, um, just finished the third season of The Witcher. And there's another one in there. I can't remember if I watched anything else. Se- a lot of Seinfeld, but awesome. I can't really. I've started watching Scott Pilgrim because uh, it's an anime. It's cartoon. You're right. It's really good. At the time of recording this episode, I've only seen the first two episodes, but the production value is really good for me. Anime, I watch an anime every five years, <laughs> I would say. <laughs> it really has to be good. It really has to capture me. Like, I love Death Note. I loved, of course, the ones growing up, Yu-Gi-Oh! and Pokemon and Dragon Ball and all that. But uh, what Death Note was really good. I loved uh, One Punch Man uh, when a friend of the show, Brandon, I think, introduced me to that one mm-hmm. like five years ago. Uh, it's just hilarious. And you mentioned uh, Scott Pilgrim, and I'm a huge fan of the movie. I love a Toronto-based movie. Uh, really good. And this is basically a... It sounds like it's supposed to be a shot-for-shot shot remake, but it's not. It's different than the movie. They brought back all of the original voice actors or actors from the movie, which is a, it's an amazing feat in itself. First of Honestly, all, that they got yeah, like all everyone is back, and a lot of these guys have gone on to do way bigger things. Like Chris Evans, of course, he's back. He's not in much of it, but still, he's he's there. Um, so that's really cool. Um, it's it's really neat. I love it. It makes me want to go and play the video game too, which I have not played the uh, famous indie beat 'em up game. Mm-hmm. Um, Scott Pilgrim is one of those franchises that's oddly knocking it out of the park in everything that they do, like from graphic novels to movies to cartoons to video games. Like everything hits. So yes. you can't say that about everything, honestly, or, or, or anything. <laughs> that's true. that's probably true. Maybe one more thing. We'll, we'll think about it. But uh, anyway, going back to movies, uh, saw a few movies in theaters this year. Got to give a shout out to Across the Spider-Verse, uh, the sequel to Into the Spider-Verse. Loved it. I'm excited for the uh, the third part of the trilogy. Uh, those movies are all fantastic. Miles Morales is a cool character. The animation is always, you know, out of the knocked out of the park. It's really good. I love all the different animation styles for all of the different Spider-Man in 
in the film. I won't get into too many spoilers for it, but made me laugh out loud several times. Of course, as is tradition, some of the people in the theater absolutely sucked. I think we talked about it. Uh, saw a person vape in the theater for the first time. That was something. <laughs> Love that. Man, movie theaters are the worst. But uh, number number three, number my third most favorite movie of the year was uh, Dungeons and Dragons, mm. which uh, we saw together. We saw with a group of us, uh, which was a lot of fun in itself. Uh, seeing D&D, I'm not a D&D fan. Never played the game, I mean. Not even Baldur's Gate. I haven't played the tabletop or the video games. So I, I didn't really know what I was getting into in terms of uh, source material. So it was just really neat to be in a theater of people who were really passionate about this franchise or this IP. Um, everyone was really uh, respective of the of the movie. Like everyone was quiet. Everyone was laughing at the right time. Everyone was everyone was really into it. They were cheering. Like it was fun to like look at. I was sitting right next to our friend Dan and like looking at him you know, whenever like references were made to see if that was something and him kind of like nodding, like it was, it was just, <laughs> yes. a, yeah, it was just a really cool experience. And it was just nice to see it with like all of our friends. We all made the trek out. I think it was like a rainy day in April or something. It was just, you know, everyone's meeting up. We all yeah. sat in the same row. It was just cool. Like it's nice to do that every so often. Cause a lot of the times it ends up being two people who go to a movie and then y'all talk about it later. It was nice to have that stand around outside of the theater and talk about this really fun movie for 15 20 minutes it was just the whole experience around the dungeons and dragons movie was good and the movie itself was really fun too i think it just came to netflix so if you haven't checked it out already i would recommend it it's it's a goofy it was hard to explain it to people because everyone thought it was going to be like people playing D D. it's like no it's it's like lord of the rings like it's actually people like there's no dice in this movie <laughs> i don't know why some people couldn't wrap their heads around that but anyway um really fun i hope that they keep it going with this or, or do it with another board game franchise because i'd be i'd be all in for it but uh, another movie that i saw recently was uh, hunger games the ballad of songbirds and snakes uh based on the uh the book by suzanne collins um i like all the hunger games books and uh this new movie is really good it's nice because the the hunger games movies i like them and i love the original books i feel like the movies are starting to look a little bit dated especially because they're very heavy on cg and they came out yeah. in that time where the uh, the dystopian teen novel book movie thing was huge, like with Maze Runner and Divergent. So these movies were yeah. just being pumped out so quickly. This movie feels like a more modern movie, if that makes sense. Um, I, 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 I thought it was really cool. I love seeing the uh, capital city, which you see in the, the old movies. It's very Blade Runner-esque, like it's very futuristic and, and kind of almost not realistic to a point, like with the tech that they have, where this one, it felt like everything was based in like the 40s. Like, it was very analog. Like, it felt like a post-war kind of uh, city. Fallout, kind of. Kind of, but yeah. yeah, a little bit. But, like, actually, like, like everyone, like, st- very steam train and everything is being made of brick and just, like, really old school. It was just neat to see that. Um, like, you felt like you should see, like, a newspaper boy pedaling on the corner of the street. Like, it was yeah. it was like that. Um, I highly recommend it. I don't know if you've seen it yet. I know you were talking about it on the discords a few weeks ago. I may see it. I, I just don't have any interest in Hunger Games. That's just a, a franchise sure. that never did anything for me. If other people like it, that's that's fine. Uh, I won't see it in theaters, but I, I'll probably yeah. see it on um, on the online services. Because mm-hmm. uh, I, I think this one, it looks like from what I've seen, it looks much more up my alley than the Hunger Games like do. Like those, especially after the first one, I'm like, okay, I get it. Yeah. Are we just going to make the same movie three times? Yes, yep, was the pretty answer. Much. Yeah. This, this one you would like, Mike, because the Hunger Games, there's still an hour of movie after it. Exactly, yeah. And that's kind of what I'm there for. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, 
yeah, I'll I'll definitely watch it at some point. But uh, it's it's a little bit of a divisive one, I think, in the audience, mm. like in the community. I think, like, I think, like, if you're really into it, you like it. But I think some people don't like the fact that it is like very lore heavy and based on snow, which is a really interesting character. That's cool. I like the villain. I like like when things are based on the the villains, right? It's you're gonna love this one. Then. Yeah, this is this is a villain story. So yeah, yeah you're gonna good. like it. You're gonna like it a whole bunch. So good, definitely good. let me know when you get a chance to see it. But my favorite movie of the year, I think, is the one that I'm gonna remember, uh, is the Barbie movie. I I enjoyed the entire movie and it felt a lot like going to see D&D because I don't know a ton about Barbie. Uh, I didn't play with Barbies as a kid. I do have a little sister, but she played with Barbies, but I wasn't really invested in what she sure, was doing. Yeah. So uh, I knew the, I knew the basic plot of Barbie, but that was, you know, kind of it. I know there's Barbie and Ken and that's about it. Um, but the uh, Margot Robbie movie with Ryan Gosling, I loved it. I was in a theater with um, a lot of people who obviously grew up around Barbie. They had the sweaters on. Everyone's wearing pink and high heels. So I, it was like going to the D&D movie, but with a completely different group of people. Um, everyone really invested in the source material. Everybody knew the various outfits and characters. And I was just really having a good time watching everybody else react to this movie. And then there's a, a bunch of like throwaway jokes in there that me and the other husband in the audience were laughing at. So um, all around a really good experience of a movie. I see that we're getting the Mattel Cinematic Universe, <laughs> which we'll wait and see. Hot Wheels is on that splash screen, so um, I'm stoked for that. But uh, we'll have to wait and see what they do with everything else. But yeah, the Barbie. I haven't seen Oppenheimer yet. Uh, I didn't get around to seeing it over the summertime. Just didn't get the chance to. And it's like a three and a half hour movie. So hopefully it comes to streaming services soon so I can check it out. And uh, still want to see the Disney movie Wish. Haven't had a chance to see that one yet. I know reviews are uh, panning it just a little bit, but uh, I'm still invested. I'm not. I'm trying not to uh, let my my opinion be swayed yeah. by Rotten Tomatoes. So I'll check it out at some point. I'm sure it'll be just fine. So I'm uh, I'm gonna catch up on Oppenheimer and Wish hopefully over the holidays. But that is it. Oh, for I got movies. one more TV show. We completely forgot. Last of Us. Holy crap! Was that this year? Yes. <laughs> okay, The Last of Us is my show of the year. That feels like, yeah. dude. That feels like last year to me. You're right. The la- oh my god. Yeah, The Last of Us was this year. June this year. I know because when you said Ahsoka, I was like, there was another movie just or another like a series that was before that. What was it? it was last of Us. Okay, let's rewind back and talk about The Last of Us again, real quick. So yes, The Last of Us is my favorite show of 2023. We had The Mandalorian in there and Bella Ramsey doing a great job as uh, Joel and Ellie. Uh, Pedro Pascal, I know. Um, but great recreation of one of the best video games of all time. So stoked for season two, which isn't coming out until 2025. But take your time, uh, do good stuff with it. And uh, I will be there day one when the new uh, season drops. Yes, me too. I was. I, it's probably the best video game adaptation of all time, I would say. Even beat the Mario Bros. Sorry. Ooh. Sorry, Nintendo. But um, yeah, that was an amazing TV series. My God, I can't wait for the next season. We'll see what we get. Maybe we'll get an in-between part of what they're doing in Jackson and all that kind of stuff. I assume we would. I don't think they'll go to part two right away because there's just so much content to mine. Like, you know, now that the series yeah. is popular... Oh, they're going to beat that dead horse for sure. But, uh, um, Neil, I would like to move on now to talk about some stats of the podcast and some of our memories of of what we've done so far this year. Like you said, we've been on the air for 10 months now, 44 episodes. Time has flown by and there's been lots that have happened in those 10 months. We've had a whopping 22 different guests uh, join the show this year. Uh, Some amazing guests that we we had on, uh, some first timers to the pod as well. 
They were all great. We love having guests on. It just makes it a lot more enjoyable for us as well to kind of have someone else to to talk to about it, about whatever what uh, we're talking about that week. And sometimes we'll have a different opinion from them that we don't have ourselves. Sometimes they just know the game or movie or album much better than we do. And it's always good to see their perspective and the memories that these guys bring are always fantastic. Like you said, we did have 44 episodes, Neil. We also had six album episodes in there when we talked about a uh, one of our favorite albums of uh, the last 20 years. Uh, we had eight movie or TV show episodes, only one TV show episode, just talking about Seinfeld season one. Uh, we had 24 video game episodes. Uh, there were eight GameCube episodes in there. Uh, six of them were revisits. Uh, we had three N64 games, two SNES games, two PS2 games, two PS3 games, three PC games, one Wii game, one Game Boy game, and one Switch game, which was Breath of the Wild, of course. We are fans of Nintendo. We are fans. It turns out we're <laughs> fans of Nintendo. And we also had seven non-video game, non-movie, non-album episodes where we just talked about fun things like snacks, 90s and 2000 snacks, yeah. one of our most recent ones. So thank you to everyone also on Patreon who uh, submitted all those topics uh, that we got to talk about. That was a ton of fun to do. Some of the top episodes that we have had for Unlocking What Was Cool in terms of downloads for the year. I, I got to give an honorable mention Honorable mention because actually our number one downloaded episode this year, Neil, was Twilight Princess, which came out oh last God. year. We didn't have to do anything we, this year. We didn't have to do anything. <laughs> <laughs> Twilight Princess just smashed every record. It's it's catching up to Nightfire already, uh, only having been out a year now. It uh, it was a huge boon for us. we got to thank everyone out there who listened to that episode. It seems like, according to Spotify that uh, and their stats, that most of you have listened to Twilight Princess. Also, most people listen to the full two hours of Twilight Princess, which I cannot believe. One of our few episodes where everyone stayed on. So thank you very much for that one uh, and hugely popular because of you guys out there uh and also have to give a, a shout out of course to nightfire coming out in november 2020 neil it was sixth it was the sixth most downloaded episode this year <laughs> again we didn't have to do anything this year uh, didn't have to do anything <laughs> but uh our top five that actually came out in 2023 are as do you want to guess them Oh geez, okay. Uh, or, or, or or do you want me to just? No, no I can do it. I don't know if I can do okay. it in order, so I'm just gonna list off. That's five, yeah. and you can tell me if it's there. Uh, let okay. me go through our list here. Kirby's Return to Dreamland. That's there. Oh yeah. Luigi's Mansion. That's that's number one. Yep. Oh, number one. Sweet. Okay, cool. Uh, bu- 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 I'm going. And the Kirby's is number two, so you got the first two. <laughs> All You're right. Real good. <laughs> uh, Breath of the Wild. Unfortunately, no. Oh wow. Okay, cool. Uh, Super Mario World. No, hmm. also surprising. Number six, or sorry, number seven. Interesting, interesting. I'm gonna say, don't know if any of the movie ones did super well. I could be wrong, but um, I'm gonna go with Pikmin. Yes, Pikmin at number five, tied yeah. actually with Banjo Kazooie. They are within two downloads of each other, so I assume that they probably just go wow. up and down. Uh, uh, and yeah, <laughs> so Pikmin and Banjo are basically the same, both at number five. Very good. Well, congratulations, Mike, on a fantastic year. 44 episodes in uh, 10 months. That's a lot. Like, uh, we try to keep it as a weekly show. Of course, we needed that break earlier in the year because we just got hot off of 125 episodes straight of the GameCube is Cool podcast. So we managed to maintain our weekly status this year as well. So round of applause for you because you've done a great job managing all of the clean feed links. Of course, you mentioned before, 22 guests. Basically, 
a guest every episode or every mm-hmm. other episode. Uh, some episodes, of course, we had more than one guest. So a lot of a uh, lot of rounding up people, you know, getting time straight. Of course, not everybody lives in the same time zone as us. Um, you've done all the graphics for the um, the thumbnails and whatnot. So a lot of work goes into the show. So thank you so much, of course, for another year of being my uh, podcast partner. I do want to ask you, though, do you have or I guess we can go back and forth here. I can mm-hmm. start uh, with uh, a favorite episode or maybe episodes that we recorded this year. Um, for me, I, I really loved some of the earlier stuff that we did, like going to Kirby's Return to Dreamland was uh, a really good one for me because you and I got together uh, and we played Kirby together in my condo uh, for several hours to get ready for it. And then talking about it was a lot of fun. It lined up perfectly with uh, the Kirby's Return to Dreamland remake, which came out uh, around the same time, mm-hmm. I think, or maybe a few weeks yep. before. Um that was a really good one for me. Just the first episode of the year, first episode uh, with the new podcast name. Um, that'd be one that stood out to me. How about you? Do you have one that uh, stands out looking at our list of episodes that we did? Oh, I got lots, Neil. There's so many great ones. Uh, <laughs> all of them. Yeah, all of them. I mean, honestly, there there were so many that, that were super tight this year. They really sounded great. It was a lot of fun to edit them, too. I think I think we had a really good flow from the start, which was a, a much different feeling from when we started the GameCube was cool. Uh, sure. And we really didn't know what we were doing at first, and we got better and better so some of them that i really enjoyed doing were ones that we got to revisit like luigi's mansion uh mm-hmm. for example which may be the tightest episode i think we've ever done uh really very few mistakes when, when i was editing that and when both of us were editing that um the flow is superb i would honestly tell someone to start with that episode nowadays like the <laughs> the, the guests were fantastic and what they had to say ramon and kira who came on to talk about Luigi's Mansion, uh, and it was extra nice to do that that episode like that we did early in our career, uh, and really didn't know what we were doing, so we could we could do it justice because that is one of my favorite games of all time for sure. Yeah, Luigi's Mansion is such a special game to us, and even the first episode uh, that we did the uh, of Luigi's Mansion three years ago, that episode still does pretty well with downloads. It like, does people still go to that episode, and yep. um, Nintendo still puts out Luigi's Mansion games, obviously. So it's a very popular franchise. I love that game. I love talking about it. So many people who grew up with the GameCube have great memories of it, and getting it with their GameCubes and not being able to save because they didn't have their memory <laughs> card that we've talked about a ton of times. Yes, so yeah. uh, it's a great game to go back to. So that is a good one. You're right. That was a very tight episode too. Cause like you said, we had the format figured out by then we didn't have to reinvent the wheel with the, with the, the unlocking what was cool podcast, except for maybe talking about movies and albums. We didn't quite know how to do that with the first couple, yeah. but uh, yeah. we managed to, uh, to get through, talked about several albums in there. Um, for me, another memorable uh, episode is uh, the April Fool's episode. And mm. we do our April Fool's episodes every year. We do something a little bit different. On the GameCube Was Cool podcast, we did uh, an episode all about the PlayStation 2 Was Cool. Uh, we did a, an episode completely in reverse um, and, and uh, several others. This year, we did an episode about uh, things from way in the future. We did episode 586 because an episode came to us from 10 years from now and told us all about new uh, new Switch games and Zelda games and Hogwarts Legacy 2. <laughs> um, no, th- those episodes are really fun to, uh, to do. It's, it's actually really hard to talk about things from the future or do an entire episode in reverse um, manually and then edit it uh, accordingly. Hurt um, our, our brains. It really did. Those episodes are not as easy to uh, figure out as they sound. So I know not everybody listens to them because they're not about a specific video game. But if you miss those uh, episodes from back in the day, go back to all of our April 1st episodes because we do put them out on April 1st so they're easy to find and uh, go on through them because we we like them. I, I like doing them. April Fool's is an underrated holiday. 
very underrated holiday. One of our favorites. It's up there with Halloween, obviously. Oh, yeah. It's probably top three, honestly. <laughs> honestly, I agree. <laughs> uh, I do have a couple others uh, I'll, I'll list off here quickly. Truman Show, uh, probably my favorite movie one that we did, honestly. Mm. I learned a lot researching uh, about that movie. Forgot how great of a movie it really is. And I also had some friends listen uh, to it. And it was kind of touching to hear them say how much they loved the like listening to the episode and like learning stuff too and that was that was neat to have them reach out to us and be like oh yeah i listened to this and um just figured people just listen to our game episodes so always nice to to hear people listen to the movie ones last of us and lincoln park meteora now i'm putting those two together because those two episodes kind of took me back to different times uh the last of us episode that we did re- relatively recently that took me back to 2013 uh that was a lot of fun to talk with you about just how vivid our memories are of that you know it was only 10 years ago so we remember that mm-hmm. so well and and that was really really i it just cemented that last of us really is a top five game for me a hundred percent like it was fun to even play it again that week and i'm still playing it <laughs> uh to this day uh and Le- lincoln park meteora having a friend of the show victor uh third member of the podcast on was really really fun he did a terrific job he even asked us questions which i loved on that uh, yeah. uh on that uh, episode he did he did great and uh and talking about lincoln park was surprisingly emotional for me uh, I kind of forgot about when Chester died and how that was very emotional. Like, I couldn't believe that. And they were a pretty big part of my childhood. Like, you know, I, I don't think they were as big as some 41 or Blink for me, uh, maybe at the time. But I, I own Meteora. I had Hybrid Theory. Like, I really, really loved those albums. So uh, that was pretty, you know, it was nice to talk about uh meteora again and then last one uh J- japanese gamecube games uh mm-hmm. talking about new gamecube games was something i probably thought was behind us but <laughs> <laughs> got to talk about games that i i picked up in japan and then play them on a japanese gamecube and uh having marcello from at gamecube galaxy come on talk about those games as well was a lot of fun so that was uh really really cool to be able to do that so i'm, I'm glad you could do that with me neil yeah, you coming back from Japan and talking about all of your experiences and the video game stores and then, of course, the games that you picked up. It was really cool. I loved it because you you physically went there. Like, we did a lot of GameCube is Cool episodes where, of course, we didn't get to experience every game that we talked about. And doing games from Japan, we could have done that on the GameCube is Cool podcast, but it would have all been based on YouTube videos and Wikipedia articles. Yeah. Whereas this one was, you, you you did some real journalistic work there, Mike. And you, <laughs> for the sake of the podcast, you went to Japan. That's right. <laughs> you spent your hard-earned money to play those games yeah. uh, with, uh, with Dan and Brayden and everybody else. So that was really fun to dissect your trip and talk about the games that you bought and other games out there on um, in the Japanese GameCube library. And of course, there's the PAL library out there too, which hopefully um, we can go out to the UK at some point and buy some uh, some European GameCube games and everything and see what they have. Mm-hmm. You guys have way better box art than us on lots of games, so uh, we'll have to go and scoop them up. I think the games out there are also cheaper because GameCube is basically cheaper everywhere uh, <laughs> than in the US, unfortunately. Yep. But a lot of memorable episodes, Mike, and uh, we had a lot of cool topics. This year was nice because we got to uh, spread our wings a little bit and not be tied to the GameCube library. Uh, we got to pick some movies and uh, albums and video games that we wanted to talk about, which was nice to do. But that does bring me to my next point here as we close out the episode, which is our 2024 plans. And it does bring us a little bit of sadness to, to say that we are going to take 
a indefinite hiatus from podcasting. I'm going to I'm going to put it like that because we're not going away forever. Uh, Mike and I have decided that we're going to take a break. We've been doing this now for three and a half years. We're very tired. No, we uh, we, no. we just need to take a bit of a break to, and do some other things for a while. Um, I would like to uh, free up some time to play some music and actually play more video games. Uh, the podcast, as much fun as it is, and Mike and I are very passionate about, uh, of course, hanging out and talking with each other. We've been doing it now for uh, the better part of 22 years. Um, we do want to free up some of the hours in the week. This podcast is very time consuming and we do have some plans in 2024 to, uh, we're going to be doing some uh, house hunting and everything else and just do some other things. We will be back someday. Uh, we're not going to go away forever. We do want to talk about some future Nintendo games, of course, but, uh, for now we, we do want to take a bit of a break. Um, but what about you, Mike? What do you have to say about this? Yes, yeah. Thank you, thank you for putting that so succinctly, Neil. <laughs> yeah, I know indefinite hiatus is scary because modern baseball is on an indefinite hiatus. Oh Neil, no, they're so. done. <laughs> <laughs> that is a scary word to throw out there. Uh, we we are go- definitely going on a, a, hiatus, a hiatus, a break. Uh, we will return. That I can promise you, we will definitely return to podcasting at some point because we both really, really do enjoy it. It's, it's so much fun. I remember coming back to the Kirby episode when we did that. I just was like so rejuvenated and so happy to talk. Uh, you yeah. can like hear our excitement talking about mm-hmm. that game with with friend of the show, friend of the show Jake. Even though you really didn't have much of an interest in Kirby games, Neil, you were still <laughs> so amped to be talking about that game, and that yeah. said a lot. Uh, and it is nice every now and then to have a break and just. Uh, sit back and do some of the things that that really matter in life and this does matter in life of course mm. this has helped us through a pandemic for sure and the big reason why we're still sane after all all these years <laughs> is because of this podcast because it allowed us to connect with so many people what we'd like to see those people in person even more so so that's yeah. one of the reasons and also the fact that we have some uh, some plans for what we're going to do when we come back and we want to time that with some other things so like james bond says or like they say in the james bond movies it's like james bond will return in octopussy i thought you were going to say like they say in the james bond movies i'll be back i'll be back yeah, <laughs> yeah that's a that would be back that would have been like awesome. arnold from jingle all the way as the terminator <laughs> exactly exactly no but like mike said uh we will be back someday this is just a little bit of a break we have been doing the show uh, for three and a half years. The GameCube is Cool podcast started in May of 2020. We did 125 regular episodes, 13 side missions. The Unlocking What Was Cool podcast started earlier this year, ran for 44 episodes. I will say all of those episodes, everything we've done will remain on free feeds uh, for as long as we possibly can. We're not going to take them down or anything. So everything still will remain on Spotify and Apple podcast for as long as people seem to care, at least like we do. We will continue to check downloads and interaction and we'll continue to uh, chat with people on the discord and uh instagram every so often we'll still do posts and try to respond to you as quickly as we can because we do enjoy like mike said interacting with all of you we've met lots of mm-hmm. cool people doing this podcast and like you said we want to hang out with each other in person and uh, i'm going to hang out with mike more in person now now that the pandemic is is officially done so uh thank you so much to everyone who listened to any episode of our show in the last three and a half years to everyone who ever supported our show on patreon everyone who wrote in in our mailbag segments everyone who joined our show as a guest everyone who showed us some love in our mailbag segments. Um, I can't I can't thank everybody enough. I feel like I've been doing it now for, for so long, but it means everything from the bottom of our hearts. You know, we've grown way more than I thought that we ever would in the last several years. So like I said before, though, we both love this hobby. We will be back someday. And uh, until then, thank you so much for listening to episode 44 of the Unlocking What Was Cool podcast. We hope you all enjoyed listening to everything that we have done up until this point. And all the other things that I used to say are irrelevant now. So until next time, goodbye. Goodbye.
The Unlocking What Was Cool podcast is a recorded and produced show from Toronto, Canada. Our podcast is fan-funded by our listeners on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash unlocking what was cool. The show is produced, hosted, and edited by Mike Lane and Neil Gilbert. Additional voices provided by Victor Young. Special thank you to our Patreon supporters at the $5 level. AJ Olson 11, Bogus Lotus, Cube Dude, Dean Donian, Joey Sirico, Marty Thompson, Sparks Fly 027, and Way Overrated. You can still check out our website. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot. Yeah, that's right. The website. Uh, what's what's on there now? Just I guess new episodes, right? Yeah, <laughs> all the episodes. <laughs> Perfect.